I'm Jane Hilsden, marketing consultant and founder of the How To Do Marketing Academy, as well as small business marketing agency, Dragonfly Marketing. Welcome to this episode of the How To Do Marketing Show, a no-nonsense podcast about marketing for small business. It's my mission to put marketing on the agenda for every regionally-based small business in Australia. Why? Because I know that when marketing is done properly, it can help your business grow. The How To Do Marketing Show is a podcast just for you and your small business. Bursting with marketing insight and information, this show will be a fabulous resource to help you know all there is to know about the topic of marketing for small business. Before I introduce today's guest, I want to let you know about a little something that I have put together for you. If you've listened to this podcast for a while or have read any of our content, then you'll know that we are all about ensuring that small business owners know how to get the biggest bang for their marketing buck. We want to share how you can be efficient with your marketing spend while still ensuring the best possible high-impact outcomes. In fact, we live and breathe the creation of high-impact marketing outcomes that have been generated from a small budget. I started writing a list of these the other day, and I came up with 50 of them really easily. So I'm going to share these with you in the hope that you can use this as a bit of inspo as you're putting together your marketing plans for your next marketing activity period. To grab this list, simply head to howtodomarketing.com.au forward slash 50 things. That's F-I-F-T-Y things. And now to introduce my guest. Rachel Lang is an expert in Japanese culture and customs. She is a fluent Japanese speaker who has worked as a professional interpreter and translator. She is also one of the most impressive networkers that I have ever met. I first met Rachel at a networking event by Business Chicks way back in May. And I remember telling her, I remember her telling me the story about her love for Japanese culture and how her business came about. And, and honestly, I just found everything so fascinating because it's a really interesting story, which you will find out. I've since worked with Rachel to help her put together a marketing strategy for her business plan, Japan. And as a result, I've had the pleasure of hearing more about how Rachel has this incredible ability to build connections with people and how this has led to the development of a very successful and unique travel business. You see, Rachel boasts a vast network of Japanese contacts in travel, tourism and hospitality and more. But these are not your everyday connections. These are connections within some of Japan's most exclusive Michelin star restaurants. They're connections with famous sumo wrestlers, world-renowned Japanese architects, and then some of the executives that are in charge of some of Japan's most exclusive golf clubs and other sporting venues. And because she has this incredible network, Rachel is able to offer her travel guests a completely unique, off-limits Japanese experience. Without Rachel, it's 
almost impossible to access these experiences in Japan, not just for tourists, but even for most locals. The experiences that Rachel can organise and the people that Rachel can introduce you to in Japan are seriously exclusive. But I'm also a bit partial to a bit of networking and, and connecting, but Rachel is honestly next level. So I wanted to find out how she did it. So allow me to introduce you to Rachel Lang. Hi, Rachel, and welcome to the How To Do Marketing Show. Thanks, Jane. Lovely to be here. Yes, it certainly is. Um, Now, before we start talking more about your incredible networking and connecting skills, I would love for you to share your story about your love for Japan and how your business plan Japan got going from your own words. Can you share share your story about this? I love hearing it. <laughs> um, so I'm an interpreter. Um, so I lived in Japan, uh, before this I lived in Japan probably 20 years ago and immersed myself in the language and came back and studied formally. Um, and then I gave up work from interpreting and had my children and I decided never to speak a word of English to my kids since they were born. Um, So that was 12 years ago my son was born and to that day I've still never spoken a word of English to him. He doesn't speak English to his sister um, and they're much, much stronger at Japanese still than English. Uh, They dream in Japanese, they um, sleep talk in Japanese. So um, yeah, so that's, that's how it started and so obviously because I brought them up like that I started taking them to Japan um, from the age of zero every year. Um, As they were getting a little bit older, it got longer. So I would go there for two or three months of the year. I, you know, um, got to know people. So I'd put them into kindergarten for three months or, um, and then during that time, because I was there by myself, I would just naturally go out by myself a lot while they're at kindergarten or school. um, And, you know, well, well, exploring and getting to know places and yeah going going out to you know restaurants by myself and which you can in Japan because a lot of it is counter um seating so being by yourself is quite normal um and that's that's how uh that's so over that time of going out by myself I developed a lot of connections and contacts someone would I mean Japan's um a country that's all built on layers and who you know and relationships and um it's not like uh, the US where you can go and pay money to, you know, to get into somewhere. It's all about who you, like relationships and who you know. So that's how it started. And I got introduced to, um, you know, an introduction into a restaurant and I would go there by myself. And because I'm by myself, I'm not talking to the person, my, my, my companion, I'm talking to the chef or the owner. Um, and that's kind of how everything started. And through that, because they realised, you know, I know Japan, J- Japanese culture, um, you know, the trust is built and then, you know, I do have blonde hair and I'm Australian, so I do tend to stand out. Um, and that's, yeah, how it grew. So over 10 years I just would get another introduction and then you become quite known. You, I could ring up at a restaurant and say, oh, it's Rachel Lang from Australia. And oh, of course you can come in. Um, so that's, yeah, it just, it just built like that, um, all these connections. And then with Plan Japan, um I was approached about five years ago um, by one of the head guys of REA and they were doing incentive trips over 
Hawaii and San Fran and, and Japan. They really wanted to go to Japan. And so they brought me on as a consultant. And then I looked at the travel agent's itinerary because usually they would hire a travel agent here in Japan. I was in Australia who would then get a travel agent in Japan. And, you know, Japanese travel agents don't tend to know what Australians want to do. They, they think we want to dress up in, you know, kimonos or, or, or all of that stuff, kind of stuff where, you know, we want to do very, you know, money can't buy experiences but cool experiences. So I was brought on as a consultant and then I ended up doing the whole trip and then that's how Plan Japan started. Yeah, I love it. I love So really when you were, um, when you're kind of in Japan with your kids and when you've immersed yourself into this culture and decided to, to speak Japan, Japanese to your kids, mm. um, you know, solely when you're living in Australia as well as when you're living in Japan, like none of this was in, I guess, uh, in, around a purpose to start this kind of business. So like you going out and sitting at those restaurants and building those connections mm. and networking essentially, mm. That, that wasn't purposely to kind of build a business there, really, was it? It was like a, just an innate thing that was kind of happening due to your passion for Japan and getting to know the culture and all of that sort of stuff. Yeah. Yes, exactly. I didn't, I wasn't, I wasn't going out there making, you know, connections for that. I just, it was just natural and that's what I did. So, yeah, yeah it just happened organically and um, which, yeah, and just naturally, I guess. Yeah, yeah, that's that's amazing. And now you've been able to kind of really build this successful business mm. opportunity off mm. the back of that, which, as you said, you kind of identified that five years ago when you started working as a consultant because obviously mm. this business had realised, well, Rachel has an exceptional knowledge of, of Japan and she can speak mm. the language fluently, et cetera, et cetera, so we can use her. And then, as you said, that kind of organic movement then into the, to, to the travel side of things just happened, mm. um, which is incredible. That's such a – I love hearing that story. I love hearing how that story evolved. Um, and just and, – and I guess that kind of – um, serendipitous, serendipitous kind of momentum of that of that um, building of your business in that that it kind of just started and your your love and your passion for something has now ended up being something that you can do as as a as a career, which is so cool. Now we're here to talk about networking and connections, and and like honestly, I. Every time I speak to you, I'm just in awe of how well you seem to make these these networks and these connections because even though like when you talk about how you would go to the restaurants in Japan and and yeah you wouldn't have a companion to sit there and talk to so you would and these are very very intimate you know settings so there's only you know eight or so people the chefs there like it's it's not like restaurants in Australia where the chef and the kitchen staff are all out the back and you know the patron so you had this opportunity to kind of start chatting and networking but not everyone would have do you know what I mean like not everyone would have done that naturally you know I think some a lot of people might have you know these days how easy is it to be by yourself at a restaurant or somewhere and just sit on your phone or bring your laptop or bring a book do you know what I mean and not actually start talking and, and meeting people and I'm sure there's actually going to be some people listening to this who may not feel that networking or connecting or being able to kind of have those conversations like you did 
is comes easy to them because it, it, it sounds like certainly from my conversations with you it sounds like something that comes quite easily to you so what I want to do is get really granular here and try and kind of nut out some of the mechanics of how you manage to kind of build these networks and connections so effectively and and I think that first of all striking up that conversation with someone that you don't know and possibly who you may even feel a little bit uncomfortable about approaching. You know, so, so say, for example, in that restaurant situation, you've got the chef and you know how exclusive these restaurants are and how hard it is to get in and, you know, these chefs are put on pedestals. How do you go about striking up a conversation with someone that you haven't met before? Like how, how do you do that? It's an interesting. Um, I always start with a smile. I always start with a smile no matter how nervous or how unsure you are, how uncomfortable you're feeling. Um, I think you have to remember that the person opposite you um, is feeling just as uncomfortable or just as nervous. So a smile always breaks that barrier. And finding common ground, whatever it is, it could be a common interest in any way. Um, and you're just, just, just not feeling nervous. Um, I don't, I, I'm not quite sure. It can't, can't, it comes naturally to me. Luckily for me in Japan, I do stand out. I speak Japanese. So for me, straight away speaking Japanese, you get a reaction. Yeah. Um, because they don't expect it. Yeah. So that there, but, but I do, I do have a lot of connections here in Australia and I do network a lot in Australia naturally. Um, and again, yeah, it's just, just finding, uh, looking for a common ground, looking for something you have. In, and there, you know, I, I think you can find you have something in common with everybody. You just have to find that. Um, and that could, you, you could have, you know, 10 things in common and then, you know, obviously you're off to a flying start, but you've always got at least one thing yes, um, yes. in common. And, and it could be the place that you happen to be at, at the place. Yes. Oh, you're here too. Oh, um, you know, what, what brings you here? Or, oh, you know, that person. Oh, how do you know them? Or um, just anything to break that, break that ice and, and find that common ground. But, yeah. I, but I think a smile is a, is a huge thing. Always start with a huge smile yeah. um, and that will get you, you know, a long way. Yeah, yeah. And and something that I've found um, in, in my networking is, and, and I love what you said about you've always got one thing in common with someone. There, there'll always be one thing. And I know that something that I do is I just keep asking questions to find that one thing. Mm. Like, and it might not yeah. even be something that we have in common but it's something that we can talk about. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So, you know, um, and politics is a really bad example because it's probably not something that you want to, you know, start off with um, straight away. But I guess if there's, yeah. you know, like even things like COVID or whatever, you know, you can kind of bring up the topic oh. and everyone's got an opinion or everyone's got a story. So you, you're finding that kind of common common ground to talk about that you both have have knowledge. So it's just kind of asking questions, asking questions, asking questions until you find that. Is that, do you think that's what you're doing as well? You're kind of just asking those questions. Oh, absolutely. Questions. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. Why are you, what brings you here or, ah, oh, just anything. I mean, I'm very lucky because the minute I mentioned Japan yeah, and, I, you know, Japan just comes up in, I don't know, travel, travel, travel's always a good one to talk to. Oh, yes. Um, where, where, and, and you're always around the whole like, oh, where are you going for Easter? Oh, where, where are you planning? You're going away for Christmas or something. Yes. And then yes. that person could be going, you know, I don't know, an hour away, um, but you've been there. They yes. could be going 
to Queensland. They could be going overseas. There's always something when it comes to travel that you can, you know, you can, but, yeah, questions, absolutely. And, yeah, I think that's, um, yeah, yeah, that's a good starting point. Yeah, yeah. And is it, like, do you feel nervous when you go, like when you're in that situation, when you're in the situation where you're going into a room because as you as you said like you do you do this networking and the connections in Australia as well like this is not just something that you do in Japan and it's obviously something as we mm. said before it's mm. not it wasn't necessarily a business decision in the first place like this is just something that naturally comes to you do you feel nervous or do you just are you just like ah oh, you know I'm I, I know I know how to start a conversation and it and it doesn't matter with who so I'm good in this this kind of scenario yeah no probably yeah probably I'm a bit like that now I don't get nervous um I used to though yeah of course absolutely um and especially in uncertain situations or where you haven't been before um but you know that's natural but you just have to you know put that to one side and um you know again smile to hide your nerves and off you go yeah Um, and like you said questions questions are great yeah, and I think with questions, something that I've always found, when you're showing that level of interest in someone, do you know what I mean? As, I mean, some people, if they genuinely don't want to speak to you or, you know, or if they're hugely, hugely introverted and don't like the attention, but that is rarely mm. the case. You know, most mm. of the time people are quite happy to engage and, and particularly if they're not the type to actually go up and start proactively, you know, um, talking to someone, actually being asked questions is a lot easier for them. Do you know what I mean? To show up and be part of that conversation. Absolutely. And you can't take it personally either. Like you said, there are some people that they don't want, they they give you nothing. I mean, I personally love that. I think it's a challenge. And I think, (laughs) oh, how am I going to break this person? (laughs) Which I, um, yeah, I I, I do find that fun and it becomes a little game to me. Um, You know, they they will soften by the the time I finish my 10 minutes here. Um, But, you know, but you can't take it personally. You don't know what, how people, you know, how bad the the uh the each person's day has been you don't know what they're going through so you never 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 um never take anything personally and keep on going and you know off to the next person then or yeah um with a smile of course graciously absolutely yeah Yeah. um because you never know when you're going to see that person again and i've I've had that myself actually and i've run into someone and they haven't been very friendly in the beginning yeah um i've graciously graciously moved on to the next person and then I run into that person again and they were absolutely beautiful and chatty and then I found out that that time that I met them they were going through a really really hard time so that was absolutely not me and you can't take that personally um and that's why you just you know keep going and going and uh you know yeah 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 that's Mm. such a good point that is such a good point and I've made the mistake in the mistake in the past before where I've gone in as my extroverted self, you know, and asked questions and hi and big smile and, you know, lots of energy and all of that sort of stuff, but they're not matching me with this. And I think this is probably learning the different personality styles as well. They didn't match me with that. They're kind of a bit more reserved and kind of not not as, you know, energetically and enthusiastic about the conversation as I am. So I've kind of gone away going, oh, that person didn't really like me or, you know, that person that pro- person probably thinks I'm a bit too full on. <laughs> and same thing, but then you hear back from someone else that, oh, my gosh, this person spoke about you. They said they, you know, they loved your energy. I was like, oh, really? I didn't get that vibe. Oh, but- 
you know, absolutely. The same things happened to me. I've walked away going, oh, that didn't go well. Um, but yeah, found out that they absolutely loved me. Even with business, you know, propositions, I've walked away going, oh, God, I don't know. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they, they do. So yeah, exactly. You never know. Exactly. That's exactly right. Mm-hmm. Okay. So you meet someone, you have a great 10 minute conversation with them, or you're in the restaurant and you, you know, have a meal and you build up this great rapport with the, the chef or whoever you, you, you're building that re- relationship with. But then how do you continue it? Because that's the, you know, like there's this flash in the pan opportunity when you meet someone for the first time. And when it's, again, a bit serendipitous, so you might kind of run into someone at a networking event or, you know, at, at any event, it might be a Christmas party, a barbecue or whatever, you build up that rapport, you go, I really like that person, you know, like you might connect with them on LinkedIn or whatever, but then you feel a bit nervous about how to continue that relationship. Like, how do I kind of um, make sure that this relationship doesn't just die from that moment. How do I keep that going? So how do you do that? I think like you just mentioned, connecting on LinkedIn, number one, you connect on social media. Right. So straight away, whether like LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, um, followed by a message, text, if it's a text, or um, always try to follow up with a message, a request, and then, you know, a message, it was a lot, great to meet you. Um, I'd love to, you know, meet for a coffee. Yeah. Uh, when you're free, or you know, I'm a big walker, so I walk around the town a lot with everyone. And let's, you know, usually it's like let's go for a walk around the town. Let me know when you're free, and you lock it in. Um, if it's someone you really do want to connect with, oh, um, you know, I'd, uh, it was great. It was great to meet you as we were talking about. I'd love, you know, I'd love to show you my favorite, you know, sushi restaurant or Japanese restaurant, and um, you know, are you free in a couple of weeks or anything? Anything um, following up or do you mind if I, you know, reach out to you in the future? Something oh, like that. I love um, it. So you're it quite, yeah, you're quite proactive with that, obviously, then. So mm. so you will walk away, connect with them on LinkedIn, but it sounds like you follow them up too. Oh, absolutely. Even a text, um, you know, especially, with, you know, women I do a lot, like, great to meet you, um, let's walk, oh. uh, you know, next time let's walk. And we usually walk around the town. Everybody loves, everybody wants to walk because um, it's easy. 40 minutes around, I mean, I'm in Melbourne. So um, around there, you've caught up with that person again. Your relationship's got a little bit deeper. It's it's easy. You're walking. Um, you know, you have, don't have that nervousness of sitting opposite each other. Um, if it's a guy, I mean, yeah, again, it could be anything from, yeah, lovely to meet you and do, do you mind if I reach out, you know, again? Um, and just yeah. leave it open like that. Interesting. So you're actually even planting the seed at the point of first meeting and going, mm. do you mind if, because, you know, like I think we end a lot of these first meetings with a, oh, we should catch up or we should do coffee sometime mm. or we should, you know, we'll see you at the next event or whatever. And it's empty promises a lot of the time. And mm. I'm guilty. I'm so guilty of that. And I have every intention. I think I'd love to have another coffee, but I never do it, Rach. I'm hopeless. Um, unless, you know, like it's, it's you know, I need to, to really um, meet with them for some reason, you know, that has an urgency around it. It's all empty promises. But you're like planting the seed at the point of meeting them, connecting with them on social media and then actually following them up, which I think people would find refreshing because I know, like, speaking to some people, they feel like they don't want to be the stalker. And this is probably a female thing more than a a male thing. But, you know, like there's Mm. that dance of um, 
oh, if I come across too keen, like they've only just met me, that you know, they've probably got a billion, you know, business associates and friends and all the rest and, and they've only just met me. Am I going to seem like I'm, you know, too keen, a bit desperate if I, if I reach mm. out and say, you know, let's go for a coffee or whatever? And, and I think that's that. That's just that fear of rejection. You, do you know what I mean? Like if really, you really like someone and you don't want them to, you don't mm. want to think that you like them more than they like you. Absolutely. But I think in this day and age where you've got nothing to lose, I think you have to put that fear of rejection aside. Yes. Um, and, you know, what's the alternate that you won't see them again? Yeah. So you kind of have to put yourself out there and you have to have pure intentions um, and keep it light, keep it casual the first time. Um, you may know why you would love to get to know them on a business level and what they could do for you, but you have to think, hey, how can I help them? I love it. Um, what can I do for them? And if you're always coming from that place, yeah. you'll find it'll come around and, you know, you'll get, you actually end up getting more than you give. Yes. Um, but you can't come from that place. Yeah, and Rach, something that's coming across here in all of your answers is your eternal graciousness. You know, this is not about your agenda. You're not doing this to, to you know, feather your own bow or, you know, to, to build your list for your particular reasons. Like you're doing this out of a genuine interest to connect, to collaborate, to meet interesting people, mm. um, to have experiences with people that you find, you know, interesting or, or that you have that, that connection with. Um, and that pure intention, as, as you spoke about, I think is, is, is something obviously that, that other people would be able to read and feel. And that's probably why you never come across as, you know, being that desperate person or being that person that's going to be a pain in someone's butt by asking them for something all the time. You know, oh, we met here. Now can you do this for me? Can you do this for mm -hmm. me? Can you buy this from me? Can you, do you know what I mean? Which is what some people do. But as you said, if you're coming into it with that pure intention, I absolutely love it. And do you think this is something, like you said you got nervous when you first kind of started to do this. And, and, and again, let's remember this connecting was never really in a, as a purpose to build a business or, as you said, to do anything on your agenda. But you obviously have noticed how well it works for you personally, professionally, you know, uh, 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 over the years, mm. do you feel like it's a skill that you've had to develop? Like have you actually gone, oh, actually, this is a really good way to do business and, and a good way to, you know, meet people and all the rest. Do you feel like you've developed that skill or do you feel like this is actually just something that comes quite naturally and, you know, just by doing it more and more and more and more practice, you've become better? Oh, yes. But, yeah, I think it's more that actually than developing so-called skill for it. Now, I, I can recognise it's a skill that I have, but I think it's something that came naturally that what I worked on was not feeling any nerves and always having in the back of my head, well, you know, what have you got to lose or, you know, that person's probably feeling just as nervous or, you know, now more so I like to walk into a room and put everybody else at ease. Yes. Um, you know, so rather than I don't need to work myself so much. Um, so yeah, I, I, I think that's just that's that's just something that's just developed, but probably the only skill I've worked at is yeah, it's just less nerves. And um, so when you've worked on the skills of less nerves, has that been the self-talk that you've 
that mm. you've kind of given yourself or has there been like a particular thing that you've done like I don't know a meditation you know course or, or is it really just or or you know gone and seen someone who's shown you how to 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 decrease those nerves or is it just no I've just changed the self-talk in my head and yeah I've just changed the self-talk yeah, in my head yeah yeah because yeah, that bloody self-talk it's dangerous <laughs> like that that self-talk keeps that is, it is but but also it's just again just um, when you're going somewhere it's not for an agenda I think if you if you do have an agenda um, you do put a high expectations on yourself and a lot of pressure because you yeah. want to walk out of there with these many contacts yeah. um, so if you don't have that agenda and you're like well what have I got to lose and you're just open you're friendly you're you know what can I give you if you're if you're in that mindset yeah um, I think I think you'd find it you know, a lot easier to walk into these situations or a lot easier to naturally, you know, gain connections and, and contacts that yeah. inadvertently help you. Yeah, yeah, that's right. The pressure, yeah, you're taking the the pressure off. And and it, I guess it's also you're taking that fear of rejection off too because it's mm-hmm. like, well, it doesn't matter if they reject me, you know, like we can put ourselves out there and, and introduce ourselves to people if they don't like us or if they don't, you know, that's fine, no problems because really I'm just meeting people. It's not like this is the the future of my business on the line here. That's yeah. right. And the other interesting thing is, you know, you, you might be in a room and go, I'd really love to know that person. I need to meet that person because they're going to help me with business. So, but that can be your only focus, whether you don't know the person next to you or the person, other person, they might in your, in the beginning, you might think they're of no use to you, so to speak, but you don't know who knows who or how that person can, you know, it might not be today, but it might be six months down the track that, you know, and so you really have to have a complete open mind and be incredibly friendly to everybody. Yeah. Yeah. God, I love that. That's so true. Now, let me just deep dive into this mutually beneficial, you know, non-agenda part mm. uh, because this, 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 I think, is something that, as, as I just mentioned before, you're, you're obviously a naturally gracious person and, I, and that's probably quite a um, trait of a lot of Japanese people as well, I imagine. Do you know what? It, they, that, that certainly to me they seem like a very, very gracious um, culture. Um, so it probably is another reason why you can can work so beautifully within within those um, social structures as well. But is there anything, any tips that you can give in terms of now? And you've already mentioned like really just don't show up there with your agenda. What you know, approach that relationship so that this is a, a mutually beneficial relationship, um, and be focused more about how you can help them hey just interrupting this episode to remind you that if you're looking for some marketing inspiration that you can use to create high impact marketing outcomes on a small budget be sure to head on over to the how to do marketing website and download our 50 marketing activities to create high impact marketing on a small budget It really is quite a simple process. Simply type in howtodomarketing.com.au forward slash 50 things, the word 50, 50 things. Provide your name and email address and it will be sent straight to your inbox for you to download. Now, there are things on this list that you can literally start implementing tomorrow. 
So while we are all about strategy and thinking things through, we know that there's always an appetite for low cost, quick wins. Just like point number seven, to increase the number of people seeing your social media content each week, be sure to post when your community are online. We definitely notice a massive difference in reach between content that has been posted at a complete dud time of day versus the content that has been posted at peak user times. This is particularly the case with Instagram. Or take point number 21. Leverage your email database by regularly emailing previous existing and even prospective customers. Across so many industries, it's email marketing that generates sales. In fact, did you know that in some cases, email has an average return on investment of $38 for each dollar spent? So that's just two points. This list is abundant with easy to implement marketing ideas for your small business. So what are you waiting for? Head to howtodomarketing.com.au forward slash 50 things and hit the download button, baby. Now let's get stuck back into this episode. Are there any other tips as that, that you can share for people so that they can kind of keep them in the back of their mind so that they don't walk into that situation going, how's this person going to help me? Like, yeah. And as you said to, to before, you know, is this person going to be of any use to mm. me? Do you know what mm. I mean? Like what mm. are some tips that people can kind of focus on to make sure that these relationships or connections have, have that mutually beneficial outcome? Um. Oh goodness! Probably, probably just just as I mentioned before, just having no agenda and just just having in the back of my mind, how can I help that person? Or I'm very much I love bringing people together, and I especially love, you know, I love bringing women together. Oh, that person would know that person. Oh my god, that person. And I just think, you know, I, I think I love. Oh, I also love bringing couples together, um, or inviting that person, and so. So I think, yeah, I, I just, I just am a big believer. Yeah, no agenda and just going in there of how how you can help them, and it yeah. does come back. It yeah. really does. People don't forget forget that. And I think too, and this is whether this is something that you notice or not, but your love for bringing people together to me, and and the way that you do that, because I've heard you talk about so many um, circumstances where you bring people together, like for your Melbourne Cup luncheon or um, for specific events or um, women's, you know, women in business dinners and those sorts of things. So to me that says you've, you've got a really good, like, A, because you're asking all the questions, you're actually finding out a lot of information about the people that you meet. And then you're obviously mm -hmm. taking that relationship to the next level and not just leaving it but for, to that 10-minute 10, 10 conversations. You're connecting with them. You're going to be seeing stuff that they post on social media and then you're going for a walk, you know, around Melbourne with them, getting to, to know them. So you, you're being able to kind of really understand who this person is and then being able to match make, you know, in a romantic sense, in a business sense, in, in a friendship sense. But you've obviously got a really good ability to be able to read a, a person and, and work out which personality types, you know, because even though you know lots about them, you're also, it sounds like, really, really good at going, well, this person would get along famously mm -hmm. with this person. And that's a real skill as well. Mm -hmm. 
Mm. Mm. And I think, as you said, well, I guess my question I would have there too is why, why do you love it so much? Like in terms of bringing those people together, again, you have a naturally gracious manner and I think, you know, you can see how that might help other people, which is awesome. But what's that intrinsic reward look like for you? Like what? why do you love that so much for you? Oh, I love, well, I, I love bringing people together and when you see that they're mutually beneficial to each other. Yes. I love that. I love, oh, I love, you know, um, yeah, I, goodness me, I don't, I don't know. I don't know how to answer that. Um, but I do, I, I'm very comfortable in myself. So, yes. you know, I'm very comfortable with my friendship with that particular person. So I would love, you know, that person and that person to develop a beautiful friendship and and help each other and, you know, and I, I do especially love seeing that in women. I mean, I do, I do with another girlfriend of mine, we bring, you know, 10, 10, 8 to 10 different women together at a bar once a month. Um, and they're from all different, but we just, oh, that person, oh, they would really get along with that person or that would, they would really, you know, help that person. And um, so we do that once a month and we actually love it and we love, and then, you know, from that, from that, you know, drinks that night that, you know, you find out that two of them went for a walk around the town or two of them, you know, caught up or, yeah. uh, you know, it's beautiful. It's great to see. I love it. Yeah. Um, I yeah. love women helping other women. I, um, you know, I'm very big on that. Um, but yeah, I, I, I think it's really, yeah, it's beautiful to see. It's really yeah. Cool. Yeah. That's awesome. And, and this is probably not something that you've even really thought much about because I think you do this because it's so natural. And as you said, you just love seeing the outcome of matching people and introducing people and then them having this really rewarding relationship. But do you think like, there's not a lot of people that do that really well. Do you think that by doing that, and you're obviously really purposeful about this, do you know what I mean? Like you're doing this actively really regularly. Do you think being that person would help you to achieve some of your business goals or professional goals? Like how do you think that that might, you know, positively um, frame Rachel as being that, that connector? Oh, absolutely it does. And this is, um, you know, I, I, I don't do it for that. No. But, this, um, but you know, I was just, uh, you know, like I was just saying, right, we did this drinks at this bar and, um, and then two of the, you know, very, you know, great, they've both got incredible positions, two ladies ended up going for a walk together and I rung one of them to ask a question about something and they said, oh, I'm just so happy to walking, you know, walking now with Liz and you you introduced us last week. We're walking together and we've just been talking about you and your business and how we can help you. Oh, my God. And I God. thought, oh, isn't that beautiful? I said, oh, my God, well, I didn't expect that, but thank you very much, you know. Um, so that's really nice, um, things like that. And, I mean, you know, like I said, if you've come, come across from a, you know, pure pure no intention place yes um people know that and they want to help you back and um you know so without really going out there and you know just doing what you do naturally it, it does it has beautiful benefits yeah and actually this is something that um someone's been talking to 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 me about quite a lot recently is in terms of approaching things with a um 
I guess, a, a mindset of abundance. You know, there there is an abundance of connections. There's an abundance of business. There's an abundance of opportunities out there. And when you approach things um, with a mind of scarcity, you know, and that's when people might come across a bit of, you know, I need to make these connections or I need to meet that person, whereas you sound like you approach this with such abundance, like I don't need to do anything here. Like I'm literally doing this because I feel comfortable in this space and I, and I love doing it. So I just want to talk about now how this, like in terms of your um, business plan Japan, so you've taken this approach you do it, you use it here and build incredible connections here and you have amazing connections on the ground in Australia. But what it's done for Plan Japan is mean that you are connected to some of the most important people in Japan and that mm. affords you and the people that you bring on your Plan Japan tours these completely off-limit experiences, like money can't buy because, as you said, in Japan, you don't just flash your cash to get some of these no. opportunities. It is all about who you know. Um, and now you're able to provide some of these experiences. Can you just provide, can you just give a few examples of these off-limit experiences that, that seriously you do not get unless you have these connections like you do? Oh, my goodness, where do I start? <laughs> <laughs> I know, there's so many. Oh, I just, just, just do so many. Um, you know, I take my clients to behind the scenes at um, Skiji Markets, Toyosa Markets now, and I'll get one of my, you know, closest friend who is a three Michelin star sushi chef. You just cannot get into his restaurant. He will personally take us behind the scenes of where he buys all of his stuff. I've, I've, I've organised... Um, happy hour drinks at, the, at a bar and then had a famous sumo wrestler just show up to drink with us. Um, oh, my God, I've just, there's so, so many. I've had uh, Kengo Kuma come and talk to REA. Um, he, he, Kengo Kuma is the architect for um, Olympic Stadium, one of the most famous architects in Japan, um, incredibly famous. He came and, and chatted to us and, oh, Goodness me! It just yeah, it's I've had I've had uh, famous chefs come out to a ryokan in the mountains. Um, that's usually <laughs> sorry. Um, sorry. Yeah, yeah. So, come sorry, out. And, that. Can you just say that last sentence again? I've had oh, I've had famous chefs close their restaurants in Tokyo and come out to where we're staying in the mountains and cook for us. Um, you know, which they, and, and these, it's interesting, like you just said, like, uh, you know, in other countries you pay the money and you can get these experiences, but in Japan it's it's not like that. I mean, you have chefs that are so serious, they would not shut their restaurant um, for anything, for, doesn't matter what amount of money. So it's all about just yeah, asking a favour and, yeah, and, and, and because I've spent, yeah, the last 10, 12 years, um, probably 20 actually, just, building these trustful relationships that nothing's nothing's um, impossible over there and for me. Why do you think, um, and obviously it's because, as you said, the trustful relationships, they trust you um, and they like you. And I think, you know, from, from what I ex- kind of know about you, I think they're really impressed by you because you're this 
little pocket rocket Australian, this blonde, you know, Aussie as they come Australian who speaks their language so beautifully, shows up in their culture with such respect and graciousness. So they have a lot of admiration and, and respect for you. But do you think that's why you're afforded? Like, I mean, because I guess anyone can kind of start talking to them. Like, why do you think that they really appreciate that you go to the effort to, to get to know them? Oh, I think you can, you know, my, I know so much about Japanese culture and, and you know, mo- most of people over there now know my children, um, whether they've seen them, you know, on Facebook or, or through that or they've met them. Uh, most of them met them. And, you know, for me to go, I've been two, two children that have been bought, born and raised in Australia but are native Japanese speakers is very, very rare. Yes. Um, so I think... Any most most people in Japan know um, the story, know my kids, um, so they know that if I've gone to that level and what it takes to do that, obviously I have a love for Japan. Obviously, um, I've gone that far, and I think they really, you know, respect that and um, are, are flattered, of course. But you know, it is it's very very rare, very very rare. Yeah, yeah. Well, Rach, I honestly think you are amazing. And as I said, I love hearing all of these stories about how that networking connections and and I really wanted to share with with you know the small business listeners and as as well as that, you know, there's we've got a lot of marketers listening to this podcast as well, just how important and how um how rewarding building those connections and networks can be, both professionally and personally. Um, and just show how beautifully that that you've done that um, and and how that has been able to really add to to yeah to both your personal and and professional um, life now um, now that people have heard about these fantastic um, off limits experiences that they can get with you, how do they find you right where can they find you and plan Japan? Yes, they can find me um, through my website is www.planjapan.com.au um, or follow me on Instagram, which is Plan Japan, um, or Facebook, of course, um, and LinkedIn under Rachel Lang. Yeah, and um, Rach has recently done a marketing plan with us, which we're so excited about seeing that come to life. Obviously, Rach has been in, um, like Rachel's business has been pretty dormant as uh, the whole world has locked down for COVID, but gosh, she has some incredible experiences lined up for 2022. So if Japan is on your list and uh, you want to experience some incredible, incredible experiences, I would suggest getting on there because I don't think these tours are going to last very long. I think that's so... No, not, with, not with your marketing, Jane. <laughs> You're incredible, unbelievable. So oh, I, I cannot speak highly enough of um, of the job you've done. So very excited. We're all, um, yeah, it'll be all ready to launch. Oh, it's all systems November, go. December, so very exciting. Yeah. Yes, I, um, yeah, I can't wait. I can't grateful. wait. And, yes, she does have incredible um, content going to be coming out uh, via those, those channels and she talks about some of these ex- experiences that she Um, has been able to give some of her guests in the past. So um, fantastic. Thank you so much for your time, Rach. I really appreciate it. No problem, Jane. Thank you. It's me again. 
Sometimes I'll finish an interview and my guest and I will keep chatting, particularly when we have been on a roll with our topic and we're both passionate about it. And sometimes there's real gold in this post-interview chat. And this is what happened when I caught up with Rachel. And so I'm actually just going to share our final words because honestly, what Rach talks about here really does prove how powerful networking is. My husband sometimes, I think, oh, my God, you need to be so more open, like, about meeting people. Yes. I mean, I had a funny story. It's actually Justine. She says to, she said to me one day, oh, no, she said, oh, you know, I've got to meet this, um, my, I've got this beautiful friend, Helen, and this lady, Helen Barr. I said, oh, great, let's organise a dinner, you know, sushi. And Justine's like, that'll be great, blah, blah. Yeah. I lock it all in. And my husband's like, oh, God, because Hel- Helen's Chinese. And I said, and my husband has a real estate company. Anyway, I said, come on, we're going for this sushi dinner. You'll love it. You know, well, you won't love it. But, you know, there's six of us and it's Justin and she's got this friend, Chinese lady, Helen. And my husband's like, oh, because he's such an introvert at yeah, home. my husband's the same. Yeah. Oh, and it's so annoying because I think yeah. you could be so much. Yeah. You know, yeah. And he goes, oh, you know, um, I don't really want to go to this dinner. And he does this all the time. Yeah. I don't want to go to this dinner. I said, well, you're coming. Anyway, we got there and Helen was a Chinese developer that he had just the day before gone into her office and sell a $50 million site to. Oh, right. He walked out of there and he rung me. Oh, he didn't say the name and he didn't realise there was any connection. And he said, oh, I've just met this Chinese developer. I hope she buys this site for $50 million, blah, blah, blah. You know, I gave it my best shot. And then it was so funny. He's like, oh, I don't want to go to this dinner. And that was the Helen. <laughs> and did he go to the dinner? Did he, he went to the dinner. And, and, and because of that, they after that, they, um, they like Helen obviously saw him in another light. You're not just some real estate guy. She yes. didn't buy that site, but she bought another site off him for $30 million. I And I said, see? You know what? So, and that would never have happened. And that Helen is so well connected within Chinese developers. Yes. She will introduce him to, and I just said, you've always just be open. That's right. That's exactly right. How do you know? Yeah. And that's it. But, and as you said, it's practice. Do you know what I mean? It's practice. The more you do it, the more you feel comfortable, the more it's not an effort. And then, and that, but in that first, in that beginning, and I think that's, and that's why I wanted to show people that, like, Mm. there's actually so much reward to this, you know, but you've got to, everyone starts off nervous, everyone starts off, you know, Mm. just, and and, and I think it's something that obviously comes quite naturally to you too, but it doesn't mean that you haven't had to work at it. Do you know what I mean? And, and I, and the more success, I guess, the more, that you see this work and the more success you have and the more that these connect, then you go, oh, actually, I'll keep going with this. Do you know what I mean? And and like your husband, yeah. you know, he'll think differently next and also, time. And also about helping people, always yeah. help. Oh, my God. I, you know, I felt the need to write. I uh, Nick, Nick texts me about Japanese marathon the other day and I texted her, that, you know, she was, what, should I, should I, I've got to pay my deposit. What do you think is going to happen? Blah, blah, blah. Oh, yeah, yeah. And then after I said, oh, no. And also while you're on the text, I need to tell you all about Jane. Oh, my God, how amazing is she? And, you know, and I, because then it's like Nick gets feedback because then she's talking to someone and goes, oh, my God, well, I've just had direct feedback from Rachel 
Oh, that's that huge so giant is a small business and how incredible. So then she goes on and she can confidently say, I mean, I'm sure she can anyway, but, and that's I said, cool. I have to say, Nick, there was like three different, four different marketing companies up in Brisbane, yeah. but I went with my gut and that was your aura um, and your energy. But I have to say from someone, from direct feedback of a customer, yeah. unbelievable so oh, thanks right I appreciate yeah, that you know, but, but, you, but you know you like and that's and I tell, tell lots of people but it's, but, it's and there's so, there's you again and this is what makes you so different is some people will think that so some people will think that and they don't think to say it until yes. they're asked do yes. you know what I mean so the fact that you yes. think and go I'm going to tell Nick because Nick might be in a conversation Absolutely. with someone else. Like this is a benefit, you know, this is actually a good conversation to have proactively. Like that's you yes. thinking, how can I help? Like your graciousness yep. is just to be applauded, right? It's amazing. Yeah, I, I, I find men are better at this than women. They are. Men are very, very good at it. And I'm yes. surrounded by a lot of men, like my best friends are CEO of Cotton On or, you know, like, where, and there's a couple of women like that I have, like Amy or, you know, you spoke to her mum, that are like that. But, yeah, yeah, men are very good at it. They're always like, yeah. how can I help you, right? So, like, well, I remember when I started playing Japan. Yes. Um, you know, oh, my God, I, I got to introduce you to this person. Or I remember I was on one trip with um, eight guys from YPO, all A-type, and, and guy, one of them were walking to the temporary and he goes, Rachel, how can I help you? How can I? He goes, oh, I'll introduce you to Bernsey. He's the CEO of Hello World. Yeah. It was like that. And I didn't ask him, but it was like, yeah. how can I help you? How can I be? Oh, my God, Burns. He goes, oh, I work, you know, he's, he's a hard work, Rach. But, you know, straight away, and I and so was, as soon as I got back, I, I sent him an email, you know, I'd love that introduction that you said you were. And then I ended up signing the deal with Hello World for four tours a year yeah. just when COVID hit. So that's going to come back, but that won't be 2023. But that's just, guys, do that. How can I help you? Interesting. That's a really yeah. interesting observation. And I think, yeah, I think um women I think, better at that. Yes, but I also think the reason why they want to help you so much is A, they're so impressed by you. Do you know what I mean? Like, like I know myself when you're really impressed, but you're like, oh, how can I spread this joy? Do you know what I mean? Yeah, and that's, be, that's what like, I felt you. Do so much for them. Do you know what I mean? So yes. they're so grateful. So you're inspiring that. So yes, you know, men are better at it, and and I think that's that that could even be that tall poppy between females. You know, yeah. like yeah. a bit of competitiveness, yeah. Yeah. a bit of compat. You know, like whereas men are yeah. just like, no, you know, yeah. I, I don't. Yeah. Do, it's not a competitive thing. You know, I'd love to see this woman shine because she's bloody awesome. You know, I want, yep. I want more people to know about her. Um, yep. So I think that I think that you impress them and, and obviously you help them so much. So their immediate thought is I, I, I need to repay this woman. You know, I need to do something for, for this woman. I'm sure they wouldn't be as gracious if they weren't impressed with someone. So that's credit to you. Thanks so much for tuning in to another episode of the How To Do Marketing Show. And remember, if you want a list of 50 high-impact marketing activities that you can easily implement on a small budget, head to howtodomarketing.com.au forward slash 50 things. And until next time, happy marketing. You've been listening to another Morgan Media Production. 